y'all. It's K-Bird Tweets, and this is Peace, Love, and Baseball. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, we are just over a week away from opening day of the regular season, and that's why the next couple weeks here are going to be dedicated to doing a little deep dive or two with you know maybe our top rivals here in the National League Central as Cardinals fans. But also, I know I have some really dedicated Cubs fans listeners out there, and you're in luck. Today's episode is for you. And first of all, I want to say thank you for sticking with me, for always tuning in, even when we're talking a little bit more Cardinals than maybe all the other parts of the baseball world. But we're going to dig deeper. And today we're going to give you a preview of the Cubs 2023 season with not only a dedicated fan, but an established podcaster, Justin, over at Baseball and Whatever. He was kind enough to join me and give the insight that only, you know, a a true Cubs fan who is following the team the way that I follow the Cardinals is going to have to give. So really excited for you to listen in, whether you're a Cubs fan or a Cardinals fan, getting a preview of the competition within our division, or you're just a baseball fan because we're going to talk of course, a lot about just the love of the game in itself, as always. Next week, we've got another fun episode with the Brewers babes, and we're going to preview a little Brewers versus Cardinals. We're going to go head-to-head. Got a really fun kind of different format that's going to come at you there. So lots of good stuff to look forward to, but tune in right now with Baseball and Whatever's Justin, and let's see what them Cubbies are up to. The start of the 2023 regular season is so close that we can taste it. And that means that I think it's time to do a little taste test on the competition. Today, we are joined by Justin, co-host of the Baseball and Whatever podcast, where they talk about Chicago sports, but also all sports, music, TV, video games, movies, pop culture, you name it. You get a little bit of everything, and you know that that's something we love here at Peace, Love, and Baseball. Justin, thank you so much for taking some time out to join us. How's it going? Uh, it's good. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. This is uh, this is awesome. It's nice to talk to someone who's of the opposing fan base. I made sure I didn't wear any Cub stuff. I wanted to be respectful. Um, you know, I, wow. there's there's a lot of Cubs fans and in, in White Sox fans, especially. Uh, not that I'm throwing shade at them as well, but like they like to, you know, get up in people's grill. I don't know if people still say that anymore, but it's like no, you know, you got to be respectful and just. I'm a guest. I don't want to be throwing cup shade at you. So <laughs> we're all fans of the game first, mm-hmm. right? I'll tell you what, Justin, I just got done telling you that I actually live in Chicago, which my listeners probably know because they've heard me reference it before. But the first weekend that I lived in Chicago, I was wearing a Cardinals shirt and I was walking through the Gold Coast area in Chicago mm-hmm. and someone who was sitting outside at brunch threw their toast at me. So I was like, wow, welcome, welcome to Chicago. Yeah. Wow. And that That's... was my, you know, Cubs fans were really just rubbing me in the wrong way. So I do I appreciate you. Wow. That's, <laughs> like there's maybe I'm just too like uh, introverted, but I can't even imagine getting that upset about 
seeing someone in another, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, maybe after a round of bottomless mimosas, like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I'm, you know, like a couple screwdrivers that morning, but still like that's, (laughs) and then the waste the toast, don't waste the toast, you know? But, But, you know, I know that not all Cubs fans are like that. So that's why I've brought you here today, because obviously I am a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, but one of the things that I am dedicated to expanding on this year on the podcast is giving more of a voice to more fan bases and just celebrating being a fan of the game because that is what we all are first and foremost. So that means, you know, expanding far beyond just the Cardinals. And I'm excited to have you here to help give us a preview of the Chicago Cubs 2023 season. As Cardinals fans, we have a lot going on when it comes to following our own team, and I'm sure you can relate. So Cardinals fans, you can thank Justin here for helping us scope out the competition here in the good old National League Central. So Justin, before we chat uh, Cubs, I'd love to just get to know you a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. And and you can tell us a little bit about baseball and whatever. So first off, what inspired you to start your podcast? Yeah. So um, as a kid, I always loved like the radio, like disc jockey, like being on sports radio was my dream. Um, And I don't know where that went because that is totally not where my career has taken me. But um, I was doing a hockey podcast with a couple of guys I used to play ice hockey with in college. Um, And it was fun, but, you know, I'm pretty easy to get along with, but we didn't necessarily see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, So I was just like, you know what? You guys do your thing. I'm good. And in doing so, my two brother-in-laws and I were like, you know what? Yeah, we should totally, totally do a podcast as well about baseball because we love baseball. And whenever we have a family party, it's literally just the three of us sitting down talking about, you know, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Bears, if you really want to get depressed. Um, (laughs) You know, and in a variety of things, and we st- we started doing Zoom calls, and this was right when the lockdown started as t- uh, started as well. So this was like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, COVID had just hit. We're not doing anything. Let's do a Zoom call. We'll record it. Um, and we figured like our wives and parents would listen, like a pity listen. Like we're gonna download it a bunch when they're asleep, so it looks like people are listening to cheer them <laughs> up. You know, um, and it was a lot of fun. And then somehow um, we got picked up by a network that liked our stuff, which was still surprising. It's like, okay, really, we're three morons from Chicago and Madison, Wisconsin. Like, when you can tell us, like, you don't really want us. It's okay. Um, And that kind of grew into a bigger thing. They made, like, a merchandise line for us. So, like, over, like, on the other side of my my desk over here, like, I still have, like, my baseball whatever official hoodie. And, like, I, I don't know why, but they made us all merchandise and we sold some. So, like, we have friends and family that wears our stuff, which is yeah. really silly. Um, <laughs> And it just kept kind of growing and growing. And it was just an absolute blast. And, um, you know, we, the, the one thing for us is, yes, we are diehard baseball fans, but I will be the first to admit baseball can also be really boring at times. Um, especially if you're the Cubs and you're like trading all of your uh, core players away, like they did last year. Yeah, and the, year the last before. few years. Got to yeah. find something else to talk about sometimes. Exactly. So we tacked on the whatever section, which is literally just every week. Um, and after two years, it's starting to get hard now. But every week we pick a random topic and I love making lists. I don't know if it's like a therapeutic thing. Um, and we we do like top five ranking lists. So we've done, you know, top five. Um, a couple months ago, we did our top five. If we were closers, what would our walkout music be? And, yeah. And Vinny and I, my, my co-host, my other brother-in-law, we got into it because some closer used Paul Revere's Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys, and he just thought that was the dumbest thing ever. But he also thought the Free Willy song by Michael Jackson would be a great closer song. <laughs> and that was a whole tirade. But um, yeah, so like it's literally just the well, two of us now. Uh the third brother-in-law just had another baby, so he's taking some time off. But 
it's just the two of us sitting around talking sports and then picking a random pop culture topic and hanging out for an hour and a half. And uh, that's that's our Thursday nights now for the last two years. You know, it doesn't surprise me to learn that you were a fan of like sports radio, because that was exactly what I thought of when I listened to your episode is like, this sounds like a sports radio show. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, feel good, informative, but also just genuinely entertaining. And I love that. Well, thank you. I love it. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, there's there's enough bad stuff that goes on in the world. So we're just kind of like, hey, come and hang out for an hour and a half with us. And uh, we are also notorious for really bad takes. So if you like to, (laughs) you know, middle-aged millennials who think they know what they're talking about, we're for you. So I am a proud millennial myself and <laughs> the majority of my listener bases as well. So you will fit right awesome. in here. <laughs> so you mentioned that baseball wasn't necessarily like your primary sport as a kid, but obviously you're a huge baseball fan. So I guess like when or maybe how did you become a baseball fan? Yeah, this is um, I'd be kind of curious to see if there's any other um, guys out there that kind of followed suit like me. So I grew up playing ice hockey, um, still do to this day in a men's league. Granted, I I have students that ask me where what team I play for and how much I get paid. I'm like, no, 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 we <laughs> I pay I pay to play. It is you guys are thinking way, way too much into this. Um, so that was my first love and it still is. But um, baseball. Initially, my sister started playing softball and I would go to her games and she was a pitcher. So she was really good at the windmill pitching. And I was like, you know, the older brother that would stand behind the plate and warm her up before her little league games. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. Like, why am I not playing baseball? Like, this could be a lot of fun. So I still remember it was third grade. Um, The next year I was still playing hockey. I'm like, mom, you got to sign me up for little league. Like, I want to do this. I'm all in. In conjunction with, um, I had a Sega Genesis, so like RBI Baseball and La Russa Baseball, like that was my jam. Like that's where I learned all the rules. I learned all the players. I learned all the teams. Um, and like I was all in. So then at that point, I'm like, okay, am I a White Sox fan or am I a Cubs fan? And my entire family are Cubs fans. So of course, like when you're eight, you have to do the rubble thing and pick the White Sox. So I was, <laughs> I was the cool, like, you know, eight-year-old White Sox fan. I had all the, the, oh, of course, of course. Um, and so that was all going good. Frank Thomas, Ray Durham, you know, all those guys. Um, in that 1998 Kerry Woods 20 strikeout game, I got home as he was probably in like the sixth or seventh inning. And that was when all the games were on WGN. And like, I was in awe of like all these strikeouts. And from that moment forward, I'm like, oh yeah, no, this White Sox thing isn't working out for me. I'm switching (laughs) allegiances. And so since 1998, I was, I was nine. I've been a Cubs fan ever since. Um, it's definitely had a lot of like low moments. Um, and then obviously 2016 being the, the biggest one. But um, yeah, that's that's literally my sister is what got me into baseball. And then video games, oddly enough, um, kept me going in it. So there you go. That is really cool that there's like that moment that sticks with you, though, of mm-hmm. when you were like, this is what caught my attention. And oh, yeah. This is what suckered me in. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Harry Carey, all, you know, WGN in general. I wish... This is another tangent for another podcast, but I can't stand the marquee network. So um, I would love for them to go back to WGN, but I know that's that's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. So, well, it's obviously not the marquee network, but what what is the best part or maybe some of the best parts of being a Cubs fan over the years? Um, Okay, this is I'm sure Cardinals fans will say this is an extremely cliche answer. And it is. I I will be the first to admit that. But there's something about the history of it. um, The allure you know, I, I still remember I did not get to my first Cubs game until 03. It would have been, it was supposed to be the game they clinched 
uh, clinched the division. They're they playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was supposed to be Ron Santo, like appreciation night, or I think they were um, rave, raising his banner, uh, left field or right field pole. I should know this on the cuffs him, but they were raising his his flag. Yeah. Uh, so, and and I was so excited, and we got there, um, and it was rained out. We literally sat in the rain for like two and a half hours, and we were literally uh, at Wrigley. We were in left field, not too far off from where Bartman was sitting, but we were literally the, the first row that wasn't underneath the upper deck, and we just got soaked. No. So I just, I still, and the reason I bring that up is I still remember like, you know, you're down in the concourse where all the food is and all the, you know place it to spend money and i still remember walking up into where the actual field was and just being like oh my god this is nothing like it is on tv like they this is incomparable so that really likes um that aspect of like this has been here forever there's all these other generations like i said my my grandparents my great-grandparents um diehards there there's the urban legend in our family that my one great grandfather was offered to try out to play with the cubs but his mom wouldn't let him go because she wanted him to take care of the family so like there's that little angle which i i still give my my uh my grandfather some crap about that but yeah it's i you know watching the games with family and in family parties and you know someone always been like we got to turn the cubs game on even though it was like probably july and they were like 25 games out of first place you know (laughs) um but yeah, it's the history component is definitely what makes it worth it. And then also probably just that like um, cathartic moment of like everything they went through to finally, you know, get over the hump in 2016. And, and I was convinced they were still going to blow it during the rain delay in that game. So just the, the historical aspect is what would has me hook, line and sinker for sure. Yeah. You know, I was telling you that I actually moved to Chicago in Mm -hmm. 2016, which was rough uh, for me personally, (laughs) but my grandmother was a lifelong Cubs fan. Mm -hmm. And I do remember being like, that's the solace in this for me as I'm very happy for her because, you know, you've been waiting for it. I guess Mm -hmm. every 108 years. I'll, I'll get yeah, to you yeah. know, and <laughs> yeah, you, you were, they, they were due, I guess you could say in the strangest sure. term. Um, now, are they going to win one again in the next 108 years? Uh, I'm going to probably say no, uh, Wait to see. but we'll see. <laughs> so, yeah. How has obviously like Wrigleyville in itself has changed a ton, even just in the past five, let yeah. alone 10 years, but it is, it's, it's amazing. It's unlike any other baseball stadium and just being in that area, let alone in the stadium is, is super cool. And it's an experience every time, but how has it changed, I guess, in, you know, your time since 2003, since the first time yeah. you went there and yeah, what are some I, of the things you like and maybe don't like? Um, as somebody who, and I know we were talking about before the show, as somebody who grew up on the South side, who obviously was razzed his whole life once I made that switch from being a Sox fan, uh, trying to get to Wrigley is probably the biggest challenge. Um, it's a pain. So like being from on the South side, it was, all right, we're going to drive. Well, no driving's awful because then you have to try and find parking in the city. And that's a complete nightmare. Um, and that's like, all right, well, are we going to go to midway and take the orange line to the red line? And I don't know about you. I have had a lot of bad experiences on the, uh, on the owl before, um, just with, variety of clientele someone dropped a stink bomb once after a cubs game and that kind of ruined it for me after that um but yeah in in terms of changes you know i was really nervous when they started renovating the ballpark i thought it was going to lose you know some of that historical aspect that was such a big deal to me as a kid um and to their credit 
to the Ricketts family and, and who are, you know, the powers that be like, they actually did a pretty decent job. Like I remember seeing the designs for the gigantic left field scoreboard. And I'm like, that does not belong in my Wrigley field, yeah. you know, not over my dead body. And then going there, I was like, okay, well, that's not too bad. And like, yeah. and I sit, I used to sit in left field in college all the time because one of my friends was a diehard bleacher bum. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm not even going to see the scoreboard because I'm not going to turn around. I'm watching the games. So like, it's not <laughs> that big of a deal. But yeah, I mean, like to their credit, the the renovations are great. They have done some nice changes to the actual facilities. Like, oh my god, the the troughs are legendary for being disgusting. And thankfully, like some of those have kind of gone away. Um, you know, there's a little bit more room on the concourse out in the outfield now near the bleachers. Um, more food options are nice. But then, you know, like like I said, I've been to the newer Bush Stadium. I've obviously been to games on the south side at, what are they now, Guaranteed Right Field. And it's like, you go there and it's like, oh, my God, the amenities are so much nicer than what we have at Wrigley. But um, they're, they've done a good job with the changes they've made for sure. I agree. Like, they didn't lose the magic. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel totally different than it did yeah. 10, 20 years ago. But, and the thing is, yeah, they're upholding all of that you're gonna give up some of the amenities or whatever Mm -hmm. but they've built up the area around it so much that honestly that really makes up for it and yeah i'm hoping now that they just hold on to more of like the local yes out there as much as possible because it's getting a little flashy but it is it is i mean and that that was something like especially in college we would go there a ton just go to game day games and it was so nice. It's like, all right, well, we're just going to find somewhere to grab some food, hang out for a little while, either before and after the game. And and like, you don't necessarily have that in other stadiums across the country where like you can make a day of it either, yeah. you know, if you want to do like the bar crawl thing, or if you just want to find a restaurant or, you know, now they're, they're adding the the sports book, which I still don't know how I feel about that in terms of that money could maybe be going to into the team in a different way, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, But yeah, like to their credit, they are trying to make it a destination. Um, I just hope they don't lose sight of like, well, this is a baseball team. Like you, you're going there primarily for the baseball team, right? But like here's all this other cool, cool stuff you can do in addition to that. So th- to their credit, that's been nice to see. Yeah. I love that. Even if you do go through all of the commotion to whether it's take public transportation mm-hmm. or you find a place to park and you walk 20 minutes to the stadium, like once you're in that area, yeah, you can spend all you're day set. in that area and yeah. there's lots of good stuff to see. And yeah, do. for sure. You know, speaking of Wrigleyville, one of the last times that I was in that area, I was there for an album release show for the band Validity. And today, Peace, Love, and Baseball is brought to you by Validity. Are you a fan of indie pop rock with a touch of Ben Folds, Mika, and Jukebox the Ghost? Then you need to check out Validity, the musical project by the talented vocalist and instrumentalist Wesley McKinney. His latest album, Indivisible, is now streaming on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you listen. It is a must-listen for anyone who loves upbeat melodies and catchy lyrics. But what makes Validity truly special is McKinney's ability to seamlessly blend his passion for music with his loves like baseball, creativity, fitness. He's not just a musician. He's a well-rounded artist who knows how to stay active and inspired. That music is going to translate and make you feel just the same. Hey, at the album release show for Indivisible, there were both Cubs and Cardinals fans alike bringing people together from all different walks of life. And hey, that's when you know that it's good stuff. 
So whether you're on your way to the ballpark, you're running errands, need some good jams to keep you going in the car, maybe you need some music to get you through that workday slump, or maybe you know you're looking to freshen up your workout playlist, Validity has something for you. Tune in to this music and let Wesley McKinney take you on a journey of self-discovery and fun. Hit up the show notes and stream Indivisible today. Well, the Cubs did make a number of notable off-season moves. So let's talk about like the big ones that anybody who really follows baseball has probably already heard about in some capacity to start off here. Obviously, Dansby Swanson, the big free agent shortstop signing is one of the most recent and probably the biggest, at least money-wise. Tell us about that. Tell us how you feel about it. I okay, so when uh free agency started and you had the four, you know, gigantic shortstops of you know Dansby and uh Xander Bogarts and Trey Turner and who am I missing? I'm always forgetting the fourth Correa. one. Thank you. How yeah, could that you was forget. That was like the one that I knew was <laughs> never gonna come to Chicago, so I just kind of wrote him off. But yeah. um yeah, like when that started and free agency started, it was like, oh my gosh, like the Cubs are totally we're getting one of those guys. Like it's it's a done deal. We don't need to work. We're the Chicago Cubs. We have money. We should have money. Um, And then like Trey Turner went off the board immediately. And then Xander Bogarts went off the board and it's like, Oh wait, what? No, this isn't, this is not how it's supposed to go. Like <laughs> we traded everybody away. It's our turn again, you know? And uh, it was amazing to see like, and, and I'm sure you were familiar with this with, with this too, with, you know, Chicago media. It was like, all this excitement immediately like 180 into like, oh my God, we are going to be awful again. Like we are never going to get out of this. And it, like the pitchforks and brooms or p- the pitchforks and, and torches, I should say, were like being sharpened. Like, oh my God, like they better get this done. <laughs> so when Dansby Swanson finally got signed in the contract, at least in my opinion, was like, okay, that's totally not bad compared to like the 10 and 11 and 12 year contracts yeah. that were being thrown out um, like candy. Um, once that kind of took place, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then it was like, you kind of look back and, you know, I had, I wouldn't say I followed Dan Swanson. I don't really follow the Braves too much. Um, but I was like, I knew of him and I'm like, I knew he was decent. And then you kind of look back and see what an amazing year he had last year. So he, he can continue to kind of build upon that, you know, and then they had the press conference with him and I'm like, oh, this guy is really cool. Like, I hope this guy is successful. Cause he seems like a genuine guy. I hope. I always get sucked into like the personalities and then that usually comes back to bite me. Um, But yeah, like that was incredible. Um, And then, you know, Bellinger, like I was super excited about the Bellinger signing. Now, do I think he's even going to be on the team next year? Probably not because either he's not going to do well and they're going to dump him at some point, or he's going to do really well and he'll, you know, go get the biggest contract he can get, which totally fine. That's his right. And I, I would do, I would do the same thing. So those were definitely some big ones. Um, you know, I was really, really excited about Mancini, uh, probably more so than Eric Hosmer. Eric Hosmer doesn't really do a whole lot for me, but like he's, he's a good, maybe bench piece, um, a good, uh, dug not dugout, but a good club clubhouse guy, clubhouse guy but yeah. like Mancini was really cool, especially with say a Suzuki being hurt now, like there's your right fielder right now. If you don't want to play a prospect, which I know they sent, I think Brennan Davis down already. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I guess they were they were they interviewed Suzuki today and he was doing flips out at spring training this week. And I'm like, dude, you got a strained oblique. Why don't you kind of 
that's yeah. maybe not like I'm glad you're you're feeling good to do flips, but let's let's dial that back a little bit. So yeah, it's, it was it was definitely after the last couple off seasons of just you know the bare minimum being done, and you could kind of see the writing on the wall. Like to actually have some excitement again, um, it was it was a really fun off season, and I feel like as a Cubs fan, we have not had those in a long time lately. So yeah, you haven't been in the big headlines no anything to to celebrate and write home about exactly bellinger was the most surprising move that they made to me i guess i figured someone would offer him a deal like that i don't know why the cubs didn't cross my mind but yeah no it didn't strike me either just you know there there's been quite a few prospects they've been kind of trying to push and and trying to slot around the outfield you have you know ian happ and left it's like okay well they need to offer him a new contract otherwise he's gone after the season so Things are kind of in flux, but at least, you know, I guess saying them, seeing them spend money, not like Steve Cohen money, because that would be, you know, holy cow. But um, that's, that. no, that, that's another, <laughs> that's another podcast. Um, But like, yeah, like seeing them actually spend money was pretty cool. I'd say the, the, the oddest thing, and I guess this ties perfectly into the Cardinals would be like, you have this money, you're spending this money, but now our catching battery is Jan Gomes, who I like, um, and then Tucker Barnhart from the, well, I think of him as a red, but like you had Contreras who, by all accounts, like the fan base loved him, um, specifically, especially for what he could do offensively and, you know, the the crazy ramp up he had in 2016 and everything. And then they just kind of moved him and this is where it gets into like that dynamic between the fan bases, but he's done like a major heel turn with Chicago, like Cubs fans. Like <laughs> I don't, at this point, it's gotta be on purpose. Like, I don't know oh, how yeah. it can't be because like, he's, he's playing into some, like some pretty big, like things that Cubs fans, you know, it drives them insane. So, I mean, personally, I wish him all the best. I, I am totally for like, if you're given a good contract and that means you have to leave by all means, like you, you should do what's best for you and your family. And and I get the whole like allegiances thing. Like, no, like you need to do what's best. I mean, if, if somebody offered me that kind of money to go play for a team I grew up hating, I'd be like, where do I sign get, you know, yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me the Jersey for my kid, you know, give me everything you got. But, um, he, I, I don't know if he's like trying to prove what he's trying to prove in particular, I don't know if it's because there there was always a big thing about like, oh, you know, he signed with the Cubs, I think at like age 15 or age 16. And yeah, like they brought him up and in not that they should take credit for everything because they shouldn't. He has uh, he has really natural talent as well. But then just to kind of be like, oh, well, you know, like day two of being a Cardinal it was like, well, this is the best organization I've ever I've ever had anything. Yeah. To do with. And, and, and that might be I don't know. It, it very well could be. Um but I'm like, oh man, maybe save that at least until like June or July before you start throwing that stuff out there. But yeah. Yeah. He's been pretty open with actually from kind of the other side of with him and the Cardinals organization have talked about how he's always been a thorn in their side mm-hmm. and how he really kind of likes to play into that persona yes. of being yes. anti the opposition mm-hmm. and kind of poke the bear. So honestly, it's all part of his approach, oh, yeah. it's all part of his game. Yeah. Uh, and he has, he, I, th- I think more than anything, he wants to show for as willing as he was to do that uh, on the Cubs side, that he is, he is very much willing to, to do it on this side as well. And totally he and heal that quickly. <laughs> and it got even weirder. I know a couple of weeks ago, there was a story or like a story started to break about like, well, was it David Ross that didn't really like his catching mentality so that he kind of pushed him out but then david ross downplayed that immediately and said no he's you know one of my closest friends i don't know i don't know what 
teammates. I don't know what terminology yeah. you would use, but so that kind of got that story kind of got killed off really quick. But yeah, I, I would love to know, and I'm sure in years to come, something will somebody will slip up or the story will come out. Like, what was the dynamic between? Is it just as simple as the Cubs didn't want to offer him money, or was there something more there that was kind of brewing? Or you know, at some point it'll come out. But until then, just uh, can take guesses from the sidelines. Yeah, but I think you made a really good point there that all of us with all of the facts in front of us would surely make the same decision that any player makes. Like if you really had all the facts in front of you, it's pretty easy to guarantee we'd all make the same choice. Exactly. Spot on. Completely agree. Well, oh, I I did want to say about Trey Mancini too. Like I was really jealous when I saw that signing because he is just, I think a great guy. He has an amazing story Mm -hmm. and he is someone who, I don't know. I just like, I'm kind of going off vibes here, but I think that he could just be a really good fit in Chicago. I agree. And I, I would love to see great things happen for him no matter where he's at. So completely, I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Are there any other like off season moves that maybe were a little more like hush, hush, not in the headlines or maybe like prospects that you're excited about that are in the funnel Yes, that we could see contribute in 2023. Yeah, I'd say in terms of prospects, um, it's been kind of interesting to see them tackle this. So in 2016, it was always like, all right, we're going to pay for pitching and all our prospects are going to be, you know, mostly middle infielders for that in that regard. But the Cubs have kind of flipped it this year, or I shouldn't say this year, but this time around, so to speak, that no, we're going to spend all our money on the the field positions where we can and we'll slot prospects in, of course, but the the pitching rotation coming up in the near future is all prospects. So one guy in particular, um, his slider is insane with the Cubs got him from the Yankees last year. I believe he was a part of the Rizzo trade. I, I'd have to go back and check, but I know, I know he came from the Yankees and that's Hayden Wesneski. Um, Oh my God. Like he's kind of currently fighting for the fifth grade or I almost said fifth grade fighting <laughs> for the fifth uh, starter spot right now. Um, Javier Assad, who I believe was pitching for team Mexico this week. Oh yeah. He's really, he's really shown some, some brilliance. He's another guy that's fighting for the Cubs fifth spot right now. Um, Keegan Thompson is a, is a pitching prospect that I really like. He, he stayed for m- most of the year with the Cubs, if not the full year, but they kind of had him going back and forth between spot starter and bullpen guy. And I loved when he was in the starting rotation, but it seems like the mentality is, ah, we'll, we'll keep doing the spot start thing with him and keep him in the bullpen. Um, and then really the other biggest prospect that we will probably see this year, but he he's not starting the year with the Cubs, at least right. Not right now. And that is Matt Mervis, who is our like first base prospect. So he is, I want to say he started the season last year in either high single a or double a. Um, and he's already like running through the, the, the different, uh, the different levels. And, you know, they kind of wanted to have him stay at triple a a little bit longer, but he is a left-hand hitting, uh, first baseman, amazing power. Um, you know, it's funny. You look at him, you'd swear to God, he was already like 35. He's just got like a very old, you know, receding hair a little bit. And it's like, oh, wow, you're still in your 20s. I'm, hey, I'm jealous. Uh, and, but, but like, he's the next guy, you know, Hosmer and he were maybe going to kind of switch off here and there, but that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, especially with Mancini, who can also play a little bit of first right. if need be. Um, but he's definitely waiting in the wings for either when Hosmer bottoms out and gets released or, you know, if there's an injury, God forbid, um, and then they can bring him up and slot him into first base. So, as you're talking about that, I'm like, yeah, make the Hosmer thing make sense. And that yes. makes it make sense. That's that's like the only possible way um, 
it makes sense. Otherwise, yeah. I don't. I mean, and, and in addition to like, he's literally making. I think the Cubs are paying him the league minimum, which they can they can get away with because San Diego is paying him so much still uh, to go away last year. Right. Um. But yeah, so Matt Mervis is definitely the other big component that a lot of Cubs fans are excited about. Very cool. Mm-hmm. See, that's why we need you because that's the kind of <laughs> stuff that I'm too busy following for the Cardinals to really keep up with. There you go. Elsewhere, the one guy that I have seen. And I'm not sure how big of a deal he is in in the Cubs system, but I've seen him a couple times in spring training just as, I, as I've had games on is I think his name is Cam Sanders. He's a bullpen guy. Yes. And like yes. the couple times I've seen him, I've just been like, whoa, that is somebody to watch out for. So, yeah, he he um he's not somebody that comes to mind. Like, I feel like when you're listening to like sports radio or like talking or uh, or talking points from the fans and things like he is not somebody that ever really comes to the forefront and I don't know if that's like because he's 26 so like he's more of an older mm. prospect but yeah like some of his stuff is really decent um and it's just a matter of I feel like he just if he's going to get an opportunity right like I feel like there's so many guys that have potential but it just doesn't work out in terms of there's no injuries everyone's playing decently and so we'll see if he actually gets a shot I, I feel like he's going to be a guy that's kind of left out left out of the um the opportunity, I guess, would be the right, the, the, the proper word, but like he's going to be left out a little bit. I, I don't know. I think he's really going to have to fight to get his way to get his name into that list of those guys. Yeah. Um. But we shall see. I mean, like that's one thing. Even when the Cubs were bottoming out the last couple of years, like to their credit, and and I don't know how you do this, but like being able to assemble a somewhat decent bullpen and have it be somewhat like actually good like usually i'm used to bullpens like ah they are so hit or miss like the guy that's doing great this week is going to be god awful next week yeah like to their credit that is something they've kind of built as a strength and i don't know if that's like a a coaching aspect or a scouting aspect or or um you know a logistical thing but like they've done a good job with that so if that starts to falter maybe he's somebody that can kind of rise to the top and show what he's able to do otherwise if if it doesn't i don't know i feel like he might he might kind of fall by the wayside we'll we'll see though i mean i would love to see him get a chance for sure. Yeah. He was just somebody who caught my eye and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I gotta, you gotta ask <laughs> Justin about him. Yeah. Do you have any like specific bold predictions for the Cubs 2023 season? Where do you mm-hmm. see them landing in the division? Anybody who you think is really going to stand out or surprise us? Anything okay. That well, comes to, mind? Uh, uh, to appease your listeners, uh, Cardinals first place, they are taking the division. And I'm not just saying that like, that's, that's a given, right? Like I, in a perfect world for the Cubs, my prediction would be they are going to finish above 500. Like, holy cow, what a prediction. Uh, and they are going to maybe find their way into a wild card spot. Like, if they do that, I will be ecstatic. This season will be a success. Um, in typical Cubs fashion, like, the wheels could go off in, like, May, and that is not going to happen at all. But uh, that would be my goal. Um, another prediction would be they sign Ian Happ to a long-term deal. i don't think that's going to happen either. I'm just a little worried about that. Um, especially once the season starts, I think that's going to get put on hold for a little while, but yeah, crazy prediction, finish 500 or better, uh, get a wild card spot. And even if they lose in the first round, like I will totally take that as a victory and be like, Hey, you know what? Good job guys. Like taking you guys out. We're going to dairy queen after the game. Like you, it's going to be like <laughs> little league. You're getting treats after the game. You've made it. Um, and, and I think that's just the expectations have been so low as a Cubs fan the last couple of years and, and rightfully so, but like seeing last year, that second half of the season where like, Hey, they were actually putting together a few win streaks here and there. 
Granted, it didn't mean anything. They weren't playing for anything. So maybe that's why I don't know. But then seeing guys like Christopher Morrell made an impact in, in, I like him a lot. I do too. And I'm hoping they don't relegate maybe isn't the right word, but like, I don't want him to get relegated to like, you're the super utility guy way to go. Like give him a position, let him be successful. And, And I know there's been talk, maybe he'll play at third if Patrick wisdom, you know, doesn't do as well this season. There was also talk that they were going to put uh, Nick Madrigal at third, which sounds like a disaster. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, I love him because he's like a short little dude and I'm pretty short myself. So like, I see myself in him and he, he play, played second. I played second growing up, but like, yeah, dude, you can't, you can't make the throw to first. It's not, not good. Yeah. We're so. pulling for you, Nick, but not. As yeah, good. no, <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. So yeah, that's, that's my predictions for this year though. I'm glad you brought up Christopher Morrell because that it kind of just along with him and Trey Mancini, like this is the first time in a while that there's like players on the Cubs that I, and, and Patrick wisdom, you know, former Cardinal that I really like, and I'm like excited mm-hmm. to see play. And it's fun to have that like tension of feeling like, no, but I can't, yeah. them, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, I love his energy on the field and I agree. I think giving him mm-hmm. an everyday starting role is like just the kind of confidence instilled in him that he needs to take it to the next level. So completely agree. I know I felt the same way when Larry Walker was a Cardinal. I was like, no, I'm like, Larry, I loved you as a kid. You can't play for the Cardinals. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to root for him anyway. It's just the right thing to do. But yeah, it, he, he is one. He showed so much promise last year. I would love to see what they can do. You know, maybe they have him play more in, in center. If, if Bellinger is moved at some point, if he doesn't, sure. if he doesn't pan out, I don't know, but um, I really hope he sticks around because he's the kind of guy you'd like to root for. And you can tell like he gives it 110% for sure. So is forgive me if this is something I should know, but is Frank Schwindel still around? No, he actually got released and he is playing over in Japan now. Um, really? Yes. He signed a deal. Let me see if he I was always like kind of a Cardinal killer. I, yes. I didn't like him. I don't know where, I mean, I can that look up where that surprises me from, just because yeah. like whenever I saw him play, he was always stirring up. Yeah. Stuff, he, so. He kind of bottomed out, got hurt, got, there was at one point he got to sent down to triple a, but before he could get on the train to Iowa, they called him back up. So like there was some goofy stuff going back on there. Okay. But he officially signed a deal with the Oryx Buffaloes of the NPB, uh, the right. Nippon professional baseball league, I believe is what that is. It's been a while, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's playing over there. So interesting Mm -hmm. all right well that might be good news for cardinals fans i don't know why (laughs) like he was always somebody like i did not want up in a clutch scenario because he just always seemed to to come through which is why i'm surprised that he's not there anymore Mm -hmm. yeah he kind of he had it was fun frank the tank was fun while he was here and then after (laughs) a while it was like oh yeah you yeah you're probably not going to be around much longer and and then now he's overseas but i know he's making he's going to be making good money over there so more credit to him so Yep. Got to go where the money's at. That's we know exactly how that right. goes and timing mm-hmm. is everything. Yeah. Well, do you have like a favorite Cubs player like of all time? Um, let me think. Okay. So immediately off the bat, and this is probably cliche, Carrie Wood is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, well, that moment on your childhood yeah, that like won you like, over. I had the Carrie Wood jersey growing up. Um, this is probably a weird take. I was never the biggest Sammy Sosa fan. Um, like I appreciated like the 98 season as a kid, you know, but then like, I remember <laughs> this is a weird tangent, but I remember the, the year he got busted for the cork and the bat was literally on my birthday. We went out to dinner for like a birthday dinner and they had the Cubs game on and the bat broke and 
you could see the umps looking at it. I'm like, oh, that that's not good. That's and then the way yeah. the, I think it was 04 that season ended with him. It was just bad news. So I, I'm not the biggest Sammy Sosa fan, but I tend to go more like 90s Cubs just because of that's really when I got into it. Um, I, granted, 2000s. I really liked Mark Redzelanik as their second baseman Ooh, and Todd yeah. Walker too, uh, Boston Red Sox. But yeah, um, I, I got to go with Kerry Wood. Like it's. You know, he was just so dominant. And then you get into like the the wooden prior thing and what could have been had they stayed healthy, you know, like that Sports Illustrated cover is just, you know, it ruined everything because it was just all downhill <laughs> as soon as that thing got published. But yeah, so Kerry Wood for sure is up there. It's funny that you say that about Sammy Sosa because that's exactly how I feel about Mark McGuire. Like, it's not okay. that I don't like him or I'm not, but he's just, he's not what I think of when I think of no. the Cardinals, even though he is like who most millennials think of when they think of the Cardinals and you know one of the biggest storylines of our lifetime for sure yeah I I still remember and this is how much of a baseball nerd I was as a kid like I remember the night of the trade deadline I would stay up late with like my am radio and listen for like because this was I mean the internet was around but it was it's not what it is today so like yeah I would listen to all the people you know all the reporters calling in saying like what trades got traded and I remember when the A's traded him to St. Louis I'm like Oh no, that is not going to go well for the Cubs. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, I those two I feel like are forever entwined for yeah for better or for worse. But um, yeah, it's uh, I totally know how you feel. Do you have any player? You mentioned Larry Walker, but is there any players? I mean, maybe it's him or anybody else that stands out that has not been on the Chicago Cubs that you're a big fan of. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So my my like. My three, um, and this goes back to growing up, um, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, I still like will w- occasionally watch Orioles games, even though he has nothing to do with the organization anymore. Um, and that's kind of like why I like Trey Mancini, because I would watch some of those yeah. games. So Cal Ripken Jr. is up there. Uh, Tony Gwynn. I loved Tony Gwynn as a kid. A, just because I another team I don't mind, uh, the Padres. Um and like, he was just a contact hitter. Like that was awesome because as a kid, I had no power whatsoever. So seeing this guy just be able to drive the ball all over the field. Uh, and then lastly, and this is probably anybody who's like in their thirties, like me, Ken Griffey Jr. is like near the top oh, yeah. um, when he was not so much as a red. Cause I feel like oh, I was so bummed when he left the Mariners, but as a Mariner, like those nineties teams with Jay Buhner and God, I guess that would have been Alex Rodriguez, which I can stomach him in the nineties. I can't stand <laughs> right. him now. Oh my God. <laughs> right um, there with you on that one. Yes. Too. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, Ken Griffey Jr. Those, those are my three, like, um, huge ones. And I loved Craig Biggio too. Uh, Ooh, me too. Yeah. yeah. Which is really depressing seeing his kid play for Toronto. Now it's like crazy. Oh, I, I'm not as old as I, or I'm not as young as I think I am anymore. This, yeah. this really sucks. Um, so yeah, no, Craig Biggio has got to be up there too. Yeah. That one hit me hard to see <laughs> his kid playing. And, uh, did you see, I was like nerding out over Ken Griffey Jr. Taking batting practice with team USA. Mm-hmm. It's just cool to see him. That his swing, like, I don't know if it's like a lefty thing, but like coolest swing ever, uh, as a baseball player, like so amazing ones that would leave the bat. I don't know why, but, um, just awesome. So yeah, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. You don't lose that <laughs> no, that's signature you don't. swing. Not at all. Uh, so much good insight, but uh, so before, before I let you go, I wanted to do a little, whatever yeah. here to finish up uh peace, love and baseball. Cause you guys do a lot of fun music and pop culture coverage. Like we were talking about on your show. 
and I connected with that right off the bat, no pun intended, but because it's just fun. And mm-hmm. we found out we're both millennials, so that makes sense. Yep. And I wondered if you wouldn't mind playing just a little rapid fire round of this or that to wrap up I'm the episode. I'm all in. Let's do it. All right. So first one here, this or that, would you rather see a pitcher's duel or a slugfest? Oh, man. Um. Okay. <laughs> this is because I'm turning into an old man. I want to see a pitcher's duel because I want a quick game. I don't want to be there for four or five hours, even though I love <laughs> baseball, but give me a pitcher's duel. There's something so exciting about like, um, I remember I got to see Mark Pryor had like a 16 or 17 strikeout game in 04, 05 that I was at. And it was just so electric because every guy that went up there to, to go up to bat, like, no, sorry, dude, you're going to have to sit down. You're getting struck out again. Like it was just so exciting. And I, I feel like that pitching aspect is just so, you know, the, the pit, not pitch framing because I feel like that wasn't as much of a thing back then, but like sure. just the the idea of like, what am I going to throw? How am I going to get this guy, you know, guessing and how am I going to fool him and how am I going to put him away? Like there's just such a, a psychology to it. Um, so give me that any day of the week. Uh, I, I love home runs, um, but give me a pitcher's duel any day for sure. I completely agree. I love the strategy behind it. And I think mm-hmm. there's something that there is like a different energy about it for sure. But when you understand the game and you appreciate the strategy and everything, like it is equal, it's like this quiet kind mm-hmm. of excitement that's just contained. And exactly. I love it. Yep. All right. Uh, you're at the ballpark. Are you drinking an IPA or a stout? Uh, can I, <laughs> can or I throw an audible? Else. <laughs> I am going <laughs> to, I am going to go get a frozen daiquiri. Uh, I'll be honest. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I'm third. Like I said, I'm 35. I have still yet to find an actual beer I like. So really? uh, yeah, I know I, that's weird, right? Um, so definitely not IPA. If I had to lean between one of the two, I have found a couple like cool, like, um, really like fancy. Like this is a chocolate stout, or like this yeah, is a, yeah. <laughs> a blueberry stout. Like I'm okay. I will give that a shot. But um, if I'm at if I'm there at the game, I'm totally going mixed drink. I know Wrigley's got like electric lemonades. I will Ooh. drink those for sure. Um, but yeah, that's my go-to. That is so funny. Cause like when my husband and I will go out, like I will have like a beer and mm-hmm. it'll, he'll have like a frozen strawberry margarita. Oh, yeah. I always like to take a picture and be like his and hers. If it's got a parasol <laughs> in it, you know, it's good. That's my <laughs> philosophy. So love that. Love that for you. <laughs> Okay. Ooh, this is a good millennial one. Backstreet Boys are in sync. Oh man. Um. Oh, I I guess I gotta go Backstreet Boys. Uh, two reasons. One, um, growing up when NSYNC broke out, that's all I heard was, "Oh my God, you have the same name as Justin Timberlake." Growing up, and I felt like the the scene from Office Space where he's like, "Well, I had it first. He's the one who sucks. Why should I change my name?" You know what I mean? (laughs) So with Michael Bolton. Um, but Backstreet Boys, I'm going to go with them first. Uh, and the sole reason is to this day, I still love the song Backstreet's Back. Um, I, that song may have worked its way into like my pump up list before I would go play ice hockey games. Okay. Um, I'm not afraid to share that, but uh, I, uh, <laughs> um, give me, give me AJ and Brian and Nick. Oh God, I'm, I'm losing thought here. I don't know who the other I two are. I think there's a Kevin. I Kevin, maybe? yes, maybe. I was an NSYNC girl, so uh, still am. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> understandable. Understandable. I feel like I am two years younger than you. So really okay. not no difference really. Yeah. But I think even those like few years, 
are like Backstreet Boys were first, right? Yes. So right, like thirty-five and younger, and then thirty-five and older is like Backstreet <laughs> Boys would be my yes. We it's funny you bring up them. We've we did like I don't think we've done best boy groups yet, but I've been trying to get Vinny to do best music videos because like I think of those bands oh, yeah. as having awesome music videos. And he's like, No, I never really watched MTV growing up. I'm like, who are you? Like, this is a perfect topic. So yeah, I yeah. But you you can't go wrong. If you wanna rock out in your car to either one, you're in good shape. So yeah, boy bands all the way. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is one I'm interested to find out about. Uh, Brewers or Cardinals, if you had to pick one. Hmm. Um, if I had to pick one, I guess I would go Brewers. Uh, not because of like, oh, Justin hates the Cardinals so much, but uh, my most of my family has since moved to Wisconsin. I'm the only like one still down there in the Chicago area. So my one brother-in-law, uh, that's not on the podcast, that's through my sister, uh, that married my sister. He is a diehard uh, Brewers fan. Um, and and we've gone to a lot of games. I almost said Miller Park. I know. I think I don't know what it's called. That's now, what I saw. American Family Field. That's I still it. Say Thank you. Miller it, Park all the time too. It seems wrong that it's yeah. not called Miller Park. Yeah. Um. Fun facts though. We did meet um Theo Epstein at a Brewers game. It was a Brewers Cubs game. I shouldn't say we met him. I we saw him. We were down in like the 100 level, and this was when they were hard, like bottoming out. You know, pre Bryant Rizzo and all that. And I told my brother-in-law, I'm like, that's Theo Epstein. And he looked pissed. I hope that's okay that I say that. But he looked <laughs> so, Theo Epstein looked so mad. Like, what am I doing here? Like, this is not going according to plan. And my brother-in-law literally got up, sat next to him and said, are you Theo Epstein? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, I just want to shake your hand. He shook his hand, got up, walked away. I'm like, oh my God, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, how did you do that? And he's like, who, do, who do I care? He has nothing to do with my team. So right. um, but yeah, I guess I'd go Brewers for sure. You know, I can't hold that against you because I love American Family Field. Yes. I always have a great time when I go there. Mm-hmm. I have met a lot of great fans from that fan base. You can mm-hmm. just always sit down and have a good co- baseball conversation with whoever you for find sure. yourself next to at American and, Family Field. And I feel like, too, as a Cubs fan, this is going to get a lot, of, a lot of angry thoughts. But like, they're like the little brother. They're like, oh, you know, yeah, Brewers, you were good the other year. That That's cool. We're, you know, that good for you. That's really cool. But it's like the Cardinals are the ones I'm worried about. Like Bruce, yeah. Yeah, you, you know, you go do your thing. You have fun. That oh. is actually a really good analogy because it's like, yeah, the Cardinals and the Cubs are like the rival we were, yes. that we are here for. Yeah. It's, it's hot. It's always good. Even <laughs> right. when one has a down season or not, like when they get together, it is always lit and the Brewers. Yeah. They, they kind of want to be in on that, but they're just kind of not. It's not quite the same. No, I'm, no, I remember like when they got Craig Council as their coach, uh, I was talking to somebody and they were so excited. I'm like, oh, that's so cute. You got Craig Council. Like, yeah, <laughs> you do you. I'm so happy for you. Don't talk to me anymore. Like like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so. I do. I love Craig Council. Yes, I do too. To I've credit. liked a lot of players associated with yes. the Brewers over the years. And I don't feel like wrong about it because, no. yeah, there's Mm-mm. something that's just like not. No, it's okay. It's non-threatening. Yeah. It's yeah. safe. All right, going the opposite direction here in entertainment. Uh, are you going to the opera or the art museum? Ah, uh, ooh. You know what? I'm going to go opera just because I grew up playing a bunch of different music instruments. So um, I definitely have more of an appreciation for that. I can't draw to save my life. Um, I can appreciate art, but uh, I am way more musically um, entrenched, I guess you could say. So that's definitely where my my interest would lie. In, uh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see. I've never been to the opera, so. 
I just went recently. I'm okay. you know, more of a musical theater gal myself, but mm-hmm. uh, I was in an opera growing up and it's definitely nice. something that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I, that doesn't surprise me that you would say that because as podcasters, we're obviously at least a little bit more audio driven people. Mm-hmm. And that that for me is it. Like I can't yeah. even cut in a straight line with scissors. I definitely appreciate art, obviously. And I think things I can't mm-hmm. do are really cool. People who can do them. But the appreciation and like the general, what am I going to enjoy most would, right. would definitely be with for the sure. Okay. Good. Uh, Chicago question here. Are you going for thin crust or deep dish? Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, okay. Thin crust is your day to day. Like that's my go-to or tavern style or whatever, whatever they call it. I don't yeah, even know. Yeah. I should know this. I'm from Chicago. Um, but deep dish is like the special occasion. So like okay. you don't you don't overdo it on deep dish. Um, I am a diehard Lou Malnati's proponent. Mm, yeah. uh, Giordano's is okay, but Lou Malnati's is my jam. Um, give me that any day, and I'm I'm good. But but the thin crust is my go-to for sure. Yeah, any day, but not too many days. Yes, exactly. I that is actually like one of the best takes I've ever heard in regards <laughs> to this because I thin crust mm-hmm. all all the time, anytime. Uh, I lived in New York for a while, so I'm mm-hmm. like New York pizza. Sure. First, it's not that I don't enjoy a good deep dish, though. It's just that I can have one piece, and then I'm like good to not have mm-hmm. it again for a few months. Yeah. And I could totally back you up there. I think Lumo Natties is is it is my number mm-hmm. one deep dish for I'm sure. It. Okay. Um, are you sitting in the bleacher seats or on the first baseline? If you had to choose, uh, I have never. I've I've sat on the bleachers way more than anywhere else. But give me the first baseline any day. Give me a chair that has a back to it, and I will be there. <laughs> uh, in college, we would go to the games, and my back would be hurting by the seventh inning. And I'm like, why are we paying to do this? Like, yeah. this, is, this is horrible. So no, give me uh, give me first base side. Um, you know, I will definitely. The, I was a huge fan of, like, the upper deck for a while. Um, you know, like, first base, third base side that way. But, yeah, give me give me first base side where I'm, I can really get up close and kind of see, you know, get that vibe, um, the, the aura of the field, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, the bleachers, they're cool to say you done it, but I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I've done it. Check. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right. If you're, you're getting dressed, you're going to a decade themed party. Would you rather it be in 1980s fashion or 1990s? Oh, oh, there's no it's not even a thought it's 1990s all the way uh you give me some jenko jeans and um you know a starter jacket and uh what god what type of shoes did i wear in the 90s i don't something from payless i can tell you that much yeah. it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> nike's um but yeah give me 90s i i am somebody who is firmly stuck in the 90s and when it comes to music like I, there's other good music from other generations but i can't get out of the 90s and listening to 90s rock music so um yeah, give me give me '90s apparel. I had a, a Charlotte Hornet starter jacket growing up. I've been to Charlotte on a layover once. I've never <laughs> been to a Hornets game, but you give me that like teal blue color that was famous in the '90s, oh, and yeah. I'm all there uh, every day, any day. So, why did we ever leave? No, things were great, right? <laughs> okay, uh, vacationing. Uh, would you rather be on a cruise ship or take a road trip? Ooh, I'm going to go road trip. Um, I've never done a cruise. I've never 
I'm not a big flyer either, but um, I've never done a cruise, but there's something we drove everywhere as kids. Um, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. My favorite place to go is Colorado. I love Denver, but I've only flown there. I've never driven there. So I think part of me thinks it would be kind of cool to maybe drive yeah. through the Midwest. It could also be horribly boring. I don't know because it's all <laughs> flat land. But um, yeah, give me give me a road trip any day, especially, you know, either with family or friends. Uh, the cruise could be cool, but I'm also... I get a lot of anxiety. So the thought of being stuck somewhere where I can't leave unless something goes horribly wrong. Uh, and, you know, yeah. So I'll take a road trip any day. I think that might be a very Midwest take, but yeah. I'm here for it. Cause yeah, I, same thing. I've never been on a cruise ship and it makes me nervous just thinking mm -hmm. about it. Like if I get motion sick and then I can't mm -hmm. get off for a week, like I just, I don't know. I might be okay yeah. about it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last question. Maybe the biggest take that we all want to know is the rules are all changing this year. Defensive shift or ban of the shift? I am okay that they ban the shift. I am totally okay. I, if you would have told me that like five, 10 years ago, I would have been irate that that was so stupid that they were going to ban it. And, you know, these players just need to learn to hit to the opposite way. It's a free hit, like take it. Um, but after like, 10, 15 years of the shift really being prevalent. No one apparently learned to hit to the opposite way. <laughs> so like you had time, it didn't, it, nothing changed. So ban it. Let's go back to one fielder on each side of second base. Um, I'm glad they kind of already talked to the team supposedly and told them that, you know, the outfield shenanigans is not going to fly. Don't let that happen. Mm. We're watching you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm fine with it. I know we've talked about this on our podcast. There were so many people, especially on Twitter, but Twitter is just an awful place in general, but, um, <laughs> but like, there were so many people, you know, up in arms, but how could they do this? The sanctity of the game. And I'm like, the shift really, yes, it's been around forever, but like, it didn't get really popular up until like, you know, the, I feel like the rays were the ones that really used it on a regular basis. And it's like, we'll be fine. Like there's going to be more offense. There's going to be more hits. Um, and like, yes, like we talked about, I love a home run, but like a good line drive that just makes it out of the infield is so much better to me. I, maybe that's because I played middle infield, but um, yeah, I'm all for ban the ship. That I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, I think it will create different kinds of excitement. Which, mm -hmm. and to your point, like timing, the timing is right. It's the the shift had its time, and mm -hmm. now, like, I am someone who th is I'm a big defense fan. I mean, I'm a yeah. Cardinals fan, and that's something that the team has always prioritized, and I love the strategy behind it and all that stuff. But I've I've come around. And really to exactly what you just said, like we had our time and yeah. it's time to, to shift. We'll always want. remember what we had. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay to move on. You can always so come back if everything right. like just goes off the rails and exactly, exactly. But yeah. Well, cool. Justin, thank you again for being so generous with your time and yeah. your insights on your team. We're going to go follow at baseball and what on Twitter. Uh, you know, I linked it in the show notes along with the links to their podcast that you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Like I said, it just has a feel good, like engaging radio show vibes. It is genuinely entertaining and they have fun topics of discussion that you can be a part of as well. So yeah. follow them on Twitter, go hit that subscribe button and check them out. Will you tell Vinny we said, hey, and will. best of luck to you and your cubbies this season. The rivalry is always a ton of fun, and fans like you are what make baseball the best. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, and thank you for being 
the first nice Cardinals fan I've ever met. I appreciate wow. it. We're just yeah. we're changing the narrative here. One you know, baseball one fan podcast at a time. At a time. Yeah. That's right. right. Well, all right. I'll uh, I'll meet you at Murphy's maybe after a game. Sounds good. Thanks, Justin. No problem. Have a good one. Oh, 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 oh